It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, it is another edition of This Week in Fantasy, a week 11 edition. Hard to believe we are this deep into the season. Six teams on by this week, the entirety of the AFCs, as well as the Cleveland Browns and the San Francisco 49ers. So, uh, a lot to get to this weekend. Let's get to it. I'd like to welcome in, as always, my buddy. Uh, we just spent like 15 minutes talking before the podcast even began. I got my own inside the mind of uh, Sigmund Bloom. Uh, before we get to it, but don't worry, you'll get yours coming up later as well. But uh, as always, the co-owner of FootballGuys.com, the uh, the uh, huddle with Cecil Lammy. Uh, eight days a week, and then, of course, uh, on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. Mr. Sigmund Bloom, what's up, brother? Oh, you know, there's a lot of games. I know all of your listeners and everyone understands this is that time of the football season where some of these games, if you don't win this week, you're thinking about your season being over. That's how it is in fantasy. So it makes it exciting. It makes it intense when you set your lineups and can make it very sad at the end of the week. And Sigmund, a rare mistake for me. That's a joke because I make mistakes all the time. I said the huddle. I meant the audible. I'm uh, looking at my uh, my inside baseball, looking at the sheet, getting ready to ask you about the next game, and then I uh, I make a faux pas, Sigmund. Uh, can you ever forgive me? Can we talk about all the times that you edit out, or maybe you don't edit out? When I say, <laughs> I'm sorry. What game were you, What game am I supposed to be talking about right now? Okay, so we're all good. We're all good. All right, so uh, let's dive in. Uh, Sigmund, I can't believe it's week 11 already. It's unbelievable this season. Flying by, as they always do. I feel like I say this to you every year, but uh, for those who don't know, Sigmund and I will dive through every single game on the slate and then later go inside the mind, as promised, of the great Sigmund Moon. All right, Sigmund, we got a good one tonight leading us off for the Thursday Nighter and uh, a game with uh, potentially likely, at least they should be, two desperate teams in terms of playoff standing, but also a lot of fantasy-relevant players as well as the Green Bay Packers head in to take on the Seahawks and, and Sigmund Aaron Jones is finally a thing. What else are you looking for in this game? 
Well, I think this game, uh, the key to unlock it is, will these coaches create a boring game and keep Would us... Would you say un-Tyler Lockett? See what I did there? Yeah. I'll tell you exactly. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Ooh. I couldn't help, I couldn't help myself. Uh, none of us ever can. Um, so you have Green Bay and Mike McCarthy and how he, I think we can see, has been smothering Aaron Rodgers and same thing with Russell Wilson. Both of these coaches, unfortunately, might guide us into a boring game. This is one of those games where we're probably not going to see both of Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs this year, which is kind of sad. Uh, and this game will determine probably if there's going to be one of them, which one it could be. So on the fantasy angle, it, the, all my errands, but Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, it's possible that they might not be your starting quarterback this week. I don't think either of them are top five or maybe even top eight plays this week, uh, even though you're still going to play Devontae Adams. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a, a, a number three wide receiver uh, in, in your lineups. Jimmy Graham returning back to Seattle. It, I, he looked better this year. I don't understand why he's not being used more. With Randall Cobb not making the trip, you want to say this would be a good game for him. But I think we may see them, for the Aaron Rodgers folks out there, I mean, Aaron Jones folks out there, this is what you're looking for when Aaron Rodgers is stumping for Aaron Jones to get more work. And then you have the Seattle backfield, which is going to be a three-headed attack. Maybe Rashad Penny falls back to the background a little bit, but it makes it tougher to trust Chris Carson when he didn't finish the game the last time he started. Tyler Lockett you know, has that upside of that touchdown. Doug Baldwin. Until uh, Russell Wilson throws the ball more than 25 times, it's hard to like Doug Baldwin. So I think this is going to be a really entertaining game and probably less stressful if you err on the side of not playing players in this one outside of you know Aaron Jones really and Devontae Adams are, are, are your locks in this one. And otherwise, this could be a, a game where, as we've seen all season with these two offenses, they, it feels like they underachieve. Yeah, what a world we're living in, huh? Where, where Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are not definite must-start players, but I 100% agree with you. It's, uh, it's the running games that are that are really interesting in this one. Um, and uh, Aaron Jones, nice to finally see Aaron Jones getting work. And, oh, wow, he's producing with it. Yeah. What, a, what a shock, Mike McCarthy. All right, let's move on to the Sunday games. I don't even want to say this team's name. I'll just say some team from Texas who I hate, Sigmund, is heading in to take on Atlanta. I'm a big-time Falcons fan this week. Atlanta, though, goes to Cleveland and just, uh, we could say it just shits the bed against the Browns, kind of screws up their season, but still a a ton of fantasy talent on that one. Uh, What do you think about this game? Yeah, this is another one where I think both of these teams had aspirations, and if they don't win this game, they can basically put that on ice. Uh, And that's what what it's been reduced to for the— Eagles this year is having to root for your rivals to lose. You know, that's it's only week 11. Come on. Uh, Brutal segment. But 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 we won the Super Bowl. Exactly. You have that. I can't be forgotten. Oh, I remember after the the Steelers won and they they beat Seattle in 2006. I was like, hey, it's all right. Easy come, easy go. Yeah. For a little while. Anyway, well, look, uh, give him a year and yeah. then I'm and then I'm going to be back to being angry again. And I'm still angry at, at obviously. Well, but didn't the, that's that's another podcast. Didn't the Sixers <laughs> just make a trade. Uh, Jimmy Butler, baby. I'm fired up about yeah, that. That's so so the sports gods giveth and they taketh away. Um, but in, right. in this one, they should be giveting a lot to Dak Prescott. And you can see the difference Amari Cooper has made. Obviously, he's going in your lineup. Zeke Elliott. 
I'm sorry if this is all painful for you to hear again, but Ezekiel Elliott really captured his form last week, and I think that uh, you know this matchup is prime. Look what Nick Chubb did to Atlanta last week. On the Atlanta side, you know they seem like a great offense until they go and face an AFC North team on the road, and they come home. Though, so there's the, the cozy confines of what the Mercedes Benz trapezoid or whatever it is, <laughs> and, and and you've got. I think you're going away from Tevin Coleman. We saw that was just a one-week blip against Washington. Uh, you're probably going away from Austin Hooper, except as a streamer, because it seems like he only does well when Matt Ryan is struggling. And it is a tough matchup against Dallas' defense. Uh, but you're seeing a lot more focus on Julio Jones, and that makes it tougher for guys like Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu, to be relevant plays. I do think Matt Ryan... So, for instance, Matt Ryan's a good one. Like I would play Matt Ryan over Aaron Rodgers and... Russell Wilson this week at home and in a game where they're going to need their offense to drag their defense to victory should be a high scoring one. Yeah, I'm with you. I do think there is some upside for Tevin Coleman there, though, as uh, it did look like if the Eagles had any running backs with talent, I I felt like they could have moved the ball on the ground more against that Dallas defense. But um, yeah, I'm I'm with you in general. I think uh, Atlanta is going to uh, the Dallas defense is better than than people might realize. Um, all right, moving on uh, is an interesting one as well as the Panthers coming in off a a uh, a butt whooping. Yeah, at the hands of your Steelers. Oh 52, wow, two I think they put up right. Uh, heading into take on Detroit, who is uh, uh, floundering even more than the Panthers. Obviously, teams headed in. Uh, one ri- helping for the playoffs, the other very unlikely. But from a fantasy perspective, what do you think about this one, Sig? Did you see Thomas Davis thanked Mike Tomlin? Like said, this team needed this. The the his, wow, his did he? He said he never thanked a coach like that before. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, I dig that. Uh, I love that mentality. You will watch and see if Darius Slay is going to play. Um, and, and we saw really the. the Lions offense defense just collapsed last week without Slay. Everything came really easy to Mitchell Trubisky. So you have to love Cam Newton this week. Of course, you're loving Christian McCaffrey. Uh, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel could give you a big play. Uh, Funches, it may depend on if Slay plays, whether he gets into your lineup. Of course, you'd like Greg Olson on the Detroit side. Marvin Jones is banged up. We need to watch that. So it may be a game where Kenny Galladay gets like 12 targets, but only catches three or four of them. Those Carolina corners are actually pretty good. Antonio Brown had some old man game on Dante Jackson. I don't know that Kenny Galladay has old man game yet. And I'll probably play carry on Johnson as long as he's good to go. He's, he's getting more opportunities without golden Tate there, but this one could actually get out of hand. You know what I'm looking for here, James, I don't, I don't think there's any chance Matt Patricia gets fired after year one, but is how is he going to keep this team? team's attention uh, you saw them go on the road in a divisional game last week and really mail it in and uh, i think that carolina with that thomas davis picture in mind they're gonna go out and try to make a statement this week i'm with you on that and uh look i yeah i'm with you i think uh patricia is gonna get a longer leash in a year but it, it, not an inspiring first year from matt patricia as a uh, who could have seen it coming the you know guy I, my favorite thing so far with patricia is is the guy who like basically looks like he's homeless in the way he dresses and presents himself has the gall to call out a reporter for being professional but you know that's either here nor there um uh either way good point too about the cornerbacks james bradbury is turning into a a legit potential number one type corner he's done a great job this year for carolina all right another interesting one here a, a big game in the afc south here is the uh the one of the hottest offenses in the league and and sigmund uh, words I I never thought I'd say again. 
one of the best offensive lines of the league. The Indianapolis yeah. Colts have been playing really good football. They're hosting a Tennessee team coming off a uh, 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 butt whooping of their own where they gave it to the Patriots. They're coming in with their chests out a little bit. This is a big one. What do you think about this one? Oh, it is a, a, a big one. And I, can I say, just as a fan, I want to see Andrew Luck in the AFC playoffs, even if it means he goes to face much Steelers, because uh, we remember the Andrew Luck that is, no matter what, if you've got Andrew Luck, and this is why it'll be sad to see Aaron Rodgers and or Russell Wilson out of the playoff bracket, because these quarterbacks give you a chance against any opponent, any setting, no matter what the score is. And uh, Andrew I'm Luck... Guessing, I'm guessing Andy Reid would not like to see Andrew no. Luck. In the- <laughs> no, no. Nobody should want to see Andrew Luck, but you know yeah, that was uh, awesome. It, it, yeah, Alex Smith strikes again. Uh, <laughs> coming soon to the first round of the playoffs, Alex Smith's team not being able to score enough points and lose. <laughs> uh, so you have Andrew Luck automatic play. I think Marlon Mack could bounce back a little bit in this one, but like Tevin Coleman, I, you know, we saw that that temporary peak, but I don't know if he's going to get close to that. You like T.Y. Hilton without having to have Jalen Ramsey on him. You like Eric Ebron, who's really challenging this issue of how many snaps and routes does a player need to run to be a fantasy-relevant player we start every week because his snaps went through the floor again with Jack Doyle back and probably play Jack Doyle too. Uh, You're just seeing Andrew Luck playing some magnificent football. And we have to say the name Frank Reich. And and isn't it funny how the football gods – play those games where if Josh McDaniels was an indie right now, would we be saying? Oh, same? it's, it's hilarious, Sigmund. It's, we, we really, I have, we really I do, don't, I that you all we don't not miss yeah. Frank Reich yeah. here in Philadelphia. Yeah. And I, I, I every week, hate Josh McDaniels. Every week. I hate that guy. So Marcus Mariota becomes a streamer with six teams on by, although three of the six teams on by have terrible offenses. Uh, Deion Lewis, oh, lo and behold, whenever Deion Lewis is featured in the offense, the offense actually becomes functional. Corey Davis looks like a number one receiver, even against Stephon Gilmore. So you want to stay with that hot hand. Even Jonu Smith, if you're looking for a coverage, uh, Rob Gronkowski, which you already were anyway, uh, but he could be somebody this week is basically the number two receiver for this team. But this should be an excellent game, and I do think that the winner of this game has an inside track to challenge Houston uh, and has an inside track to to get that number six spot. And uh, I, I'm I'm really fascinated by this game. The NF- AFC South has gone from fascinating to a, f- a bunch of mediocre teams to back to being fascinating again. Well, it's perfect that uh, that this is how it played out here. Is uh, the AFC South, and we mentioned rooting against NFC East teams is what it's come down to, and how sad it is, but. Nonetheless, go Texans this weekend as the Texans head in to take on Washington, Sigmund. Uh, this this feels like it could be an ugly one, but what do you think about this one? Yeah, it's probably going to be a 2017 kind of game, a, a game that could turn on like a special teams error or something. Um that being said, Sean Watson looks like a good play coming off the bye. I think Demarius Thomas could be just fine in this one. Uh, it would be interesting to see if Josh Norman, who did a good job on Mike Evans last week, is following DeAndre Hopkins. Not that it's going to affect whether you play Hopkins, but it's a, it's a must TV, must see TV matchup. Uh, but I, I think we forget the value that Deshaun Watson adds to his receivers. I'm not sure if we're going to see Kiki Cutie or not. Um, if he's there, I don't know if you're going to plug him in right away. I hope he makes it through the game without aggravating his hamstring, but it will certainly help the running game in Lamar Miller if you're on the fence about whether to play Miller. As far as Washington goes, um, 
Adrian Peterson, I mean, he's going to touch the ball 20 times. Uh, and that's going to be good because it could take J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney having an effect on this game. You know, uh, lower that. Uh, Jordan Reed, Houston has been not great against good tight ends. I don't know if Jordan Reed's a good tight end. I don't know if Alex Smith is going to do much that's very bold. You know, this is this is a game that is going to be... Um, both of the these it's a game that is unfortunately a la the um seattle green bay game like you want to see uh some of these players for houston really let off the leash but i think houston found a good blueprint running the ball 25 or 30 times trusting their defense and letting deshaun watson make a few plays at key moments and we'll see if he can continue to do that in a place that a lot of offenses have gotten slowed down Speaking of that, the offense that did that last week and disappointed many an Eagle fan by laying an egg in Washington last week, now heading to New York. And in this case, I'm actually rooting for the Giants because I want them to have a worse draft pick because they are not a threat to anybody. But Tampa Bay, an interesting situation because it came out after the game. The offense had uh, had not been the problem with the team. The offense moving the ball pretty well for the most part uh, under Todd Munkin's guidance. And then Dark Cutter comes out and says he took back the reins last week after an abysmal three-point, just atrocious showing for anyone who was watching it and rooting for Tampa Bay, as I was. It was not fun, Sigmund. But uh, the Bucks and uh, Fitzpatrick look to right the ship somehow in New York. And uh, what do you think about this one in this whole situation? Well, yeah, we're asking who's the play caller, who you know, who's the quarterback. It is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. But, I mean, you have to keep playing Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson as a wide receiver three. Chris Godwin, watch, may miss practice, we'll watch that. That could clarify things a little bit, maybe make us more inclined to play uh, Adam Humphreys if you have to dig down deeper. O.J. Howard after he let us down. Um, Chris Rogers all of a sudden catching a bunch of passes out of the backfield. Was that a product of dirt cutter? And then because of that, does it, you know, hopefully we get some sort of information on who's going to play the call but who's going to make the play calls because it sure seemed like in the red zone uh which has been a problem for Dirk cutter everything fell apart that's where the goose egg comes in no touchdowns last week but ryan fitzpatrick is still it sounds bold he might not finish the game but you're counting on the giants defense to do that so i don't think so so i might i would probably play ryan fitzpatrick over the likes of aaron Rodgers or russell wilson this week because it is the giants and it is still an offense that what had over 500 total yards last week the Giants side it's, it's basically beckham and, and barkley and oh eli manning is an okay in these good matchups so he's potentially you know someone you pick up off the waiver wire to fill in for tom brady this week but if you're looking for that bump that might give uh, get a Sterling Shepard or Evan Ingram in your lineup, I'm not sure that it's going to be there because this is still a Giants offense that seems to limit itself from hitting its ceiling, probably mainly because of the quarterback. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's fair to say, Sigmund. Eli Manning is bad. I don't think there's any other way to put it. Um, interesting, though. I'm with you on on Fitzpatrick and the bounce back. They put up – he was awful against Washington, but New York's defense is bad, and uh, I think uh, you know he's kind of been one of those uh, good game, bad game guys this season, but has certainly put up yards in every single one, and I think there's opportunity here uh, for them. All right, moving on, uh, your squad – uh, taking on uh, the the Steelers, heading in to take on the Jags, a Jags team that is just falling apart. But obviously, a Steelers team. Also, if you want to take a second as a fan of the Steelers to address yeah, the news of the week, yeah. Well, also, Gloat team team doing great, but also address the news of the week like no Le'Veon, yeah. and I, I think maybe you saw that coming. But um, 
Steelers are good without Le'Veon, yeah. and uh, and I, I think uh, feeling good about this game in Jacksonville. What do you think about this whole situation and uh, and uh, the Le'Veon of sure. it all as well? well Hopefully they don't wear out James Conner. And on that note, Jalen Samuels would be someone you're picking up. Add him to the list with guys like Malcolm Brown and Spencer Ware, where if a, a key running back injury happens and a, 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 that backup running back can help you win your league. So Jalen Samuels is on that list now. Looks like James Conner will clear concussion protocol. Uh, you're still going to play Antonio Brown, even though he's going to see Jalen Ramsey. I don't know if A.J. Boye is going to play. It could be a big Juju Smith-Schuster game. And then in the playoffs last year was whenever Vance McDonald caught 10 for 100-plus against the Jags. And the Jags gave up four touchdowns to tight ends last week. So you like Vance McDonald. And you like Ben Roethlisberger, even though it's road Ben, and even though he's facing the Jags. And the Steelers' neurosis in me says, a big win, road game, a team that is coming in. And really, the Jags could have beaten the Colts. It was a Rashad Green fumble that was just bad luck, really. Um, I mean, one that I mean, it was a good play by the defense, but they were driving to either tie or, or take the lead in the game. Uh, you wonder about the Steelers having a letdown after this game, but I think the even greater possibility is that the Jags are coming apart at the seams because you see this as a team that whenever they were surging, whenever their defense was controlling games, they were feeding off of that bravado, that swag, and now that it's not happening, you wonder how this team's going to respond. And, and James, when we think about the Jags, we don't think home field advantage. We don't think a team that feeds off of a home crowd. So I don't think that this is necessarily a setting that it's one where I feel like maybe the crowd could turn on them quickly. Uh, and on their side of the ball, of course, you're going to play Leonard Fournette because he's going to touch the ball 25 times. But Blake Bortles is, is got the training wheels on, and that makes it tough to trust anybody else in this offense. And maybe it's a little overconfidence, but I, I feel like actually the, the trend's going into this one tell me that the Jags could be the team that plays well below their typical game instead of the Steelers. I don't think you're overcoming at all. I, I agree 100% with that assessment. I think the Steelers are just rolling. They're a good team right now, and Jacksonville stinks. They're just a bad football team right now. I mean, they lost to the Eagles, and the Eagles are not a good football team right now, Sigmund. All right, moving on. Uh, one more game on the 1 o'clock slate. It's the... Uh, uh, a, a AFC North duel. Interesting plot. And the Cincinnati Bengals obviously coming in off getting roasted. The other 50-point-plus uh, uh, game last week. The Saints put up 50-plus and them coming in limping in to take on a Baltimore team is uh, potentially could be Lamar Jackson time segment. Yeah, or Robert Griffin the third time. Bleh. Oh, no. Is that... Do you think they would really do that? They would just not let let Jackson play? That is insanity. Well, it's just like the coach trying to coach for their job logic, right? Which, again, right. Might, I know, might I know, but point really to Lamar Jackson. But I would rather – yeah, Jackson's just more talented. Than, I mean, what are you doing? Just take a shot with the talent. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. It could be Flacco. It could be Griffin. It could be Jackson. Um, on the Cincinnati side, we know that without A.J. Green – I don't think A.J. Green's going to play this week – it's, this is not a good offense. This is, becomes a bottom 10 offense. And maybe Tyler Boyd as a wide receiver three flex and Joe Nixon as a running back two. But you're lowering expectations across the board, especially going on the road to Baltimore, a defense that's usually a lot better at home and a defense coming off a week of rest. Now, on the other side, the interesting thing to watch here is the new defensive coordinator basically for the Bengals is Marvin Lewis. And before we had Marvin Lewis, the punchline, how does he still have a job? How long has it been since they won a playoff game? He was a defensive genius, a legit defensive genius. And him putting his hands on this defense and maybe 
like the team relaxing a little bit. It sounds like there's a different energy around the team now. It'll be something to watch as they go up against Baltimore, but which offense will we see, right? Because Lamar Jackson, I, I think the sky's the limit for him in fantasy. Coming in midseason, uh, you have an incredible runner from a fantasy standpoint. He's going to add, I think, 5 to 20 points as a runner in any given week. And Baltimore has a run of the weakest pass defenses in the league, starting with Cincinnati. they got Oakland, I think Atlanta, Tampa, Kansas City. So if Lamar Jackson gets that schedule, you're thinking rookies, well, learning curve, I don't know, against those defenses. That's more like a seven-on-seven drill. So maybe it's Robert Griffin, but he won't be out there for long. Maybe it's Joe Flacco, but how's he going to play through this? I do like John Brown, regardless of who the quarterback is, and I like Alex Collins a lot more if it's Lamar Jackson. You think about Lamar Jackson back there, you think defenses are going to be preoccupied playing 11-on-11 football, and then that's going to open up lanes for Alex Collins. So a lot of questions in this one, including basically – as, you know, hopefully the Steelers take care of business more for me and for Steelers fans because really you're looking at it, this is another one of those games that whatever team loses this game could probably think about packing it up for the season. Well, the way I look at it is the Bengals have Hugh Jackson, so what could go wrong? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> optimistic, you know. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, optimistic, whatever the opposite of that, pessimistic, um, or just Awful is the way to describe the first of our four-card game segment. Not much to say, I would hope, here. Oakland at the uh, the Cardinals. This one, all about draft positions. The segment. ghost of Bruce Arians as David Johnson is being used well. And I think you can still trust Larry Fitzgerald as your wide receiver three flex. Maybe Ricky Seals-Jones in a good matchup if you have to pick up a tight end from the waiver wire on the Oakland side. I mean, we can go back to the preseason. Sometimes narrative street and our preseason hot takes can be important for fantasy because there was something floating in the air where people thought, could the Raiders kind of end up being a joke of a team based on some of their offseason moves, based on how they were handling some of these situations? And when I say they and the team, I mean John Cruden. And (laughs) here we are, uh, you know, fantasy football kryptonite, everything in that team is eroding, deteriorating. And yeah, Jalen Rashard will get you those cheap 10 or 12 PPR points. That's about it. John Gruden being bad at coaching in 2018 is literally the least shocking thing that has happened for me (laughs) this football season. Zero. Percent did I think that, that guy had any chance to step in and be any good? All right, moving on, Sigmund. Uh, uh, AFC West. Let's ha- stick out there as a uh, a Denver team that's not that good, but but has some uh, some potential relevant players heading into phase on a Chargers team that just keeps chugging along, Sigmund. And, and Joey Bosa back at practice. I don't know if we'll see him play, but um, do the Chargers just keep rolling and, and start them all, or uh, or do you have another view of this game? Yeah, it's interesting because this is a Denver team that we, we've seen them really focus for these Kansas City divisional games and come up short. Uh, do they have that kind of intensity, knowing that Vance Joseph is a dead man walking as a coach, and they don't, I think, have a lot of confidence in their quarterback? I wish we would have got to see Chad Kelly just to see what he could do before he met everything up at the Halloween party. So the Chargers, uh, Keenan Allen's coming on, Melvin Gordon's coming on. Philip Rivers a safe play, maybe a low ceiling play, especially because there's that chance that for this divisional game, Denver shows up on the Denver side. You still probably play Emmanuel Sanders, but you know he's going to probably see a lot of Casey Hayward, a boom bust play like uh, Corlin Sutton, who dropped the long touchdown last time we saw him. He's going to get those opportunities. Philip Lindsay is still in there as a running back too, but we might see Royce Freeman back. But what we're watching for, and I think we've talked about this with Detroit, and we're going to talk about this with the losers of some of these showdown games this week, is 
which teams can hold their attention and play competitive football whenever they know there's nothing on the line and which teams start to mail it in. I'm watching that for Denver. Yeah, I, I, to, I mean, Vance Joseph may be the, the number. If I had to bet on one coach to get fired at the end of the season, he would be really high on the list. And uh, uh, I'm, I think the Chargers keep rolling in this one. All right, moving on, Sigmund. Um, man, it's not a game that I'm looking forward to from a uh, uh, my team perspective because it could get ugly, but it should be a good one for fantasy owners, the Eagles heading in to the Superdome to take on the Saints. Sigmund, is this a... Start them if you got them game. Maybe. I mean, don't underrate the New Orleans defense. Uh, and you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they match up. I think it, Philly's run defense, I would have said this is a, a above average unit, um, but now I'm not so sure. So I, I think you're playing both Ingram and Kamara and, of course, Michael Thomas and Drew Brees on the Philly side. Um I'm not sure about Alshon Jeffrey going up against Marshawn Lattimore. We see Zach Ertz will hoover up those targets in the middle of the field. And it's almost like what I was saying about Austin Hooper, that the harder it is for Carson Wentz, the more he's going to target. Uh, he's more he's going to target Ertz in the middle of the field. The Golden Tate uh, is just not integrated into the offense enough yet. Um, snaps coming at the expense of Dallas Goddard, so that dream's going to die for now. Uh, but you do see Nelson Aguilar getting a little open or a little more downfield. Um, this Carson Wentz should be in the top of his range of fantasy outcomes, just because he's going to have to be to keep up with New Orleans in this one. But this is a really tough draw. That now that Philly is in a must-win for the rest of the season kind of situation. Yeah, we'll see what uh, kind of medal they got there. At, uh, but it's a, a tough ask, and they are going to potentially be playing with definitely without two of their starting cornerbacks to start the season and, and maybe three plus a safety down for the season. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's getting rough. It's, they're getting down to the, the bottom of the barrel in terms of, uh, of players who, who uh, I've heard of, Sigmund, as Eagles fans heading into games. But um, we'll see. Hopefully they can uh, – Wentz can have one of those games and keep up. Uh, I do think there's some potential for that. All right, moving on, Sigmund. A fun Sunday night game. And speaking of games that matter, there's a game that certainly could go a long way to uh, deciding how the NFC North plays out as the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins head into Chicago as the Bears continue to play pretty good football as long as they're not playing the Miami Dolphins. Sigmund, what do you think about this one? Yeah, really interesting game here. Uh, to kind of try to take control of this division. Or, and these teams are going to play again in Week 17, so that's fun. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky in the Chicago offense. Uh, they look magnificent against bad defenses. Sometimes you see a lot of the flaws or even some Blake Bortles in him dropped interceptions, questionable decisions when he's facing good defenses. This is a rested Minnesota defense. That being said, Allen Robinson looks like Allen Robinson of old. I can't wait to watch him go with Xavier Rhodes, who needed that rest. Anthony Miller, the rookie, is coming on really well. He's someone as a hot hand you might stick with. Um, Tariq Cohen, you would think against the Minnesota Vikings front seven that this should be more of a Cohen game than a Jordan Howard game is not doing much. And on the Minnesota side, we did see before the bye, Dalvin Cook looks good. This is a tough Chicago run defense, but he's also involved enough as a receiver to make sure you get him in your lineup. And of course, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs is healthy now. Kirk Cousins. Uh, this game should really be interesting. Uh, 
I think it's outdoors and Khalil Mack is back. Kirk Cousins has faced a lot of pressure this year and been producing against it, but he hasn't faced a defense like Chicago quite yet that can really uh, harass and, and and make a life's quarterback hell. So there's a lot of ways this game could go. There's a lot of talented players on both offenses. This could be a game where we see the defenses really frustrate the quarterbacks, or it could be a game where we see the offenses do well. Um, I, I I would be inclined to say that the offenses will probably win out enough to make the fantasy plays good ones in this one. But this is also a good one to, to turn off your live scoring and forget about fantasy, just like the first game of the week. Uh, and just enjoy the game and enjoy everything's online. We're, we're getting to that time when it's ramping up. It's getting more intense. James, we're going to have more like playoff intensity matchups. This is one. Yeah, it absolutely is. And And speaking of intensity and playoffs, maybe a... Super Bowl preview, the game, the fantasy Super Bowl for sure. As uh, uh, points will be scored, uh, what do you think about the Monday Nighter, the game of the season potentially in terms of hype leading up to it? And obviously, not even talking about the whole Mexico City of it all. But back in LA, the uh, the Cooper Cupless Rams. That's an interesting thing as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the Rams? hosting the high-flying Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night. Yeah, this, these offenses are so good that there's not much subtlety to the fantasy angles here. I think Sammy Watkins is going to be okay to play in this one. Josh Reynolds gets into consideration here, getting a lot more snaps. But also, watch the tight ends. Gerald Everett does a lot of the same things as Cooper Cup, and Tyler Higby's on the field a lot, and he's a good player. So maybe the tight ends pick up a little bit of the slack too, and it doesn't take much to make a tight end fantasy relevant. But what I'll be watching more from the football standpoint is the Cardinals – not enough has been said about how well the Cardinals stifled the Chiefs' offense last week. And it was actually an interception by Justin Houston on a screen pass that really tipped that game in the Chiefs' favor. Or the Cardinals were going to take that one down to the wire. It's the freaking Cardinals. Okay. <laughs> so the Rams, you know, Dante Fowler is going to be an important player because we've seen when you have that edge rusher, when you have Chandler Jones, when you have Vaughn Miller who can disrupt those things, then that very casual, and I love how casual and nonchalant Patrick Mahomes is as he moves around the pocket. Uh, but you can see he's still a young quarterback and st- still learning some things with Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald and now Dante Fowler. This one's it's going to be interesting to see if they can frustrate him. And then on the Chiefs side, you've got D Ford and you've got Justin Houston. Uh, so the Chiefs defense is starting to come on a little bit. So you've got pass rushes, you've got great passing attacks, you've got great running backs. This is going to be this is like a 15 round heavyweight title fight and we could easily see two different points in the game like one team leads by 17 or 14 points the other team takes a 14 or 17 point lead and still it's not decided until the final possession ah oh, i hope so sigmund I'm, I'm i'm excited for that one as a fan of football those uh these are two of the most fun to watch offenses we've had in a long time and i am very excited for this one but i'm even more excited for what's coming up next inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom. Remember, of course, you can follow Sigmund's work over at footballguys.com, the Audible with Cecil Lammy eight days a week, and then, of course, at Sigmund Bloom on Twitter. All right, Sigmund, time to dive inside the mind. Last night we got a little deep, and we we love it when we go deep, but I figured I'd, uh, I'd, I'd take it back this week to a little bit more of the carefree, frivolous fun that we also like to have inside your mind. So um, every question is going to be related to uh, uh, some sort of um, 
news from the week or pop culture moment or whatever. So uh, let's dive in. And they're all, they're all kind of fun questions about uh, entertainment and stuff. So let's dive in. Question number one segment, of course, with, and I, I'm sure we've talked about this at one point or another, but I certainly don't remember. Um, with Stan Lee passing away this week, who is your favorite superhero? I'm going to give myself up here and say that I'm not really a comic book and superhero guy. Wow. I, I, yeah. No. And, 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 and I mean, we all have our different things in our obsessions. Um, totally. So I'm trying to even go back through, you know, the kind of stuff that, that appeals to me when I think about it. It's like, do you remember there was a show, The Greatest American Hero? Believe it or not, George isn't at home. You know, yeah. the, the, the idea of a superhero that's still a human being um, and has flaws and, and, and foibles. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there's any superhero I can remember. I mean, there's that movie Mystery Men that were all like the 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 – the, the superheroes that were like a joke, you know, those yeah. are the, like, those are the riffs on superheroes. I, I you will like say, the reject superheroes. I like it. Yeah. Um, the go play against the type. Um, I, I think, I do think that I remember reading the graphic novel, the Watchmen, and, um, that, that I thought that had some good meta takes on superheroes also. Um, but, but really, um, <laughs> I, I, I think that, uh, uh, I would leave this one, to, to people who have much more. I, I watched, I didn't watch G.I. Joe. I watched Transformers when I was a kid. I love Transformers when I was a kid as well. More than meets the eye, Sigmund. Um, all right. Uh, question number two here. Um, and this is going to be a choose your own adventure question. Cause, uh, and, and if you want, you can answer both, but I'm going to give you an option of two questions based on uh, the 30th year anniversary of Die Hard. Oh, um, yeah. Just Happened, which is uh, my favorite action movie, personally, of all time. So uh, the, the Choose Your Own Adventure, and you can choose which one you want to do both. Best action movie or in honor of the great Hans Gruber, played by, of course, the great Alan Rickman. Best movie villain. Ooh, wow. Whew. I mean, so... I. You know, best action movie. I, I I don't know if I'm really saying what the best action movie is, but I'll tell you what my favorite action movie. Yeah, it's more favorite, obviously. And it's around that same time, and it's got to be Predator. I mean, Predator. Yeah, is just, it's a great answer for Predator, that. Predator. I had a Predator movie poster on the wall, and and Predator was. Um, I mean, it's interesting that Alien and Predator ended up merging um, in, 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 in the film world because uh, much like a, the original Alien movie, it, Predator really conveyed that feeling of like being out in the jungle and being hunted. And uh, all the different – it had the, the, the sci-fi elements. And, of course, I mean, the cast – Jesse the Body was in that movie. Carl Weathers was in that movie. Bill Duke was in that movie, Right. I mean, mm-hmm. has there been a better action movie cast? And uh, yeah, it's just so lasting. There's so many things about that film that are lasting. Uh, and uh, I just, that, that, it captivated me. When I was a kid, it was all about, I was all about the Schwarzenegger and Stallone movies. And I don't think there was a better one than Predator. No way. I think that's a strong answer. All right. Uh, question number three. Uh, this is a fun movie question here i i enjoy this um all right so they just announced that they're gonna make toy story 4 uh i don't know if you're a fan of the toy story movies i find mm-hmm. them 
they're pretty delightful. I haven't seen them many times, but I enjoyed them when I when I watched it. Uh, but here's my question: If you could have a sequel made to any movie that doesn't have one, what would it be? Okay, so the obvious easy answer is Lebowski, and it's been kicked. And I mean, there's a, there's a rumor about like every three years, you know, it's going to be Jesus Quintana story and pick up where he's mm-hmm. like opening the door or who knows what. Okay, but that's that's too easy. Um, that was such a quick answer. Yeah, I, I mean that's too easy because that and, and the thing is, this is kind of a trick question, right? Because sequels are always disappointing. I mean, what was there like? I, I suppose you have the classic trilogy, like Empire Strikes Back. That wasn't a disappointment, um, right? Yeah, I think with Trilogy is a little different. Yeah, there are a few. Um, uh, Godfather 2, obviously. But really, the idea is... um, Terminator 2. Sorry, That's a great one. Terminator 2 is a fantastic example. But there's there's only a few. Terminator would have been an excellent one. Agree. Can I change my answer, actually? No. Uh, (laughs) It's almost like if you love a movie, you shouldn't want a sequel to be made, right? Yes, sure. You should want it to just sit there and be there um so i don't know uh uh you know the low hanging fruit it's funny because what i what i would want to see in terms of a sequel is like and there's some movies that's almost like a natural sequel right because I'm, I'm down here in austin and i'm thinking about dazed and confused right i was just thinking about that for some reason that's so funny but instead of a dazed and confused sequel where they have another party and everybody just revisits how great it was to be uh, uh you know a teenager in the 70s really the sequel to uh, Days Confused is like another Austin movie, Office Space, where it's really like everybody grows up to have these <laughs> jobs and lives and what am I doing That's with great. myself and where is it all gone? And so if you do like a, a sequel, a sequel for Days Confused, but a sequel that shows how like, yeah, that was the best moments in your life. It doesn't get any better than that. Like kind of depressing, something like that. I love that idea. All right. Last one. Um, Sesame Street this week just celebrated its 49th anniversary uh, of being on the air. So I guess going into their 50th year, which is crazy. Um, obviously, an influential show for many a child over the years, including uh, myself and I'm sure others. But um, what show would you say has influenced you the most in your life? The show that has influenced me the most. And if you want to go movie, that's fine. Yeah, too. no, no, I show hear you. Already. I hear you. Like, really influenced me. Man. Um, I guess I would say that, uh, there was a five part series called the power of myth. It, uh, Joseph Campbell, I think it was Bill Moyers and Joseph Campbell speaking and Campbell did an incredible, essential, vital work to humanity in his study of, of mythology and it being kind of the thread between all the cultures, all times in history, the human experience really and it gave you this meta framework to that to get at and of course they're not really answers it's not the answers it's the questions that you ask right uh, mm-hmm. about yourself and 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 seeing yourself fitting into you know we're, we're all trying to pull the sword out of the stone we're, we're all like off on that journey away from home and eventually we'll return back a different person or the, the idea that there's only 12 stories and things like that and uh it was just it was captivating and i i think you if if it hits you right everything everywhere you look in your life inside of yourself outside of yourself will intersect with it somewhere 
And uh, absolutely, that was something that I think there are things, James, in our life that there are ideas that we, we know are true when we encounter them, but it takes a certain person or a certain work to bring them out into the light so we can see them. And then it's like we can fold it up, put it in our pocket, and carry it with us. Mm-hmm. And I carry, I, I carry that with me. That is a that is a really good answer, Sigmund. Uh, that is why I love this segment. So um, until next week, as always, uh, really a pleasure. Always, always, and you know, hopefully we have a better mood around the Eagles this coming week. Yeah, fingers crossed. Maybe they'll go into in New Orleans and, and shock the world, Sigmund. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was not a mocking laugh at all. No, not really. <laughs> all right, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Always so much fun talking to Sigmund. We'll do it again next week. Already looking forward to it, to everyone. Good luck in your Week 11 matchups. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at James Hiltzer, at Sigmund Bloom. And uh, until then, again, good luck. Go birds.